Welcome back to From the Front Row, brought to you by the University of Iowa College of Public Health. I'm Oge Chibo, and I'm here with Steve Sonnier. If this is your first time with us, welcome. We're a student-run podcast that talks about major issues in public health and how they're relevant to anyone, both in and out of the field of public health. So today is a very special episode because, well, it's one with our executive producer, Steve, and also my last episode on the podcast. So yay, we're graduating. Both Steve and I have journeyed with you all for the last two years. And as I said, we'll both be graduating. But before we go, we're going to talk to you all about what we've learned as public health communicators via the podcast and basically what's next for us so yeah hi steve hi okay great to have you back here and and get to chat with you for our final episode together last ride it's an exciting episode and yeah thank you guys so we're just going to go into some questions that i have so i will go first asking um, so what made you want to get into podcasting? That's a, a really good question. I start out with actually our, our predecessor, Ian Bukta. When I was considering the next steps I had wanted to take in my education pathways, one thing I had done was see what students were currently enrolled in and what they were doing outside of just the general curriculum. And this program actually stood out to me because of what Ian and others were creating at the time. Tuhei Boudreau was an immense portion of that as well in moving the podcast forward. And hearing the opportunity to talk with really significant figures across the field of public health, get those really diverse perspectives. And it's something that I really wanted moving forward was to understand more about public health, but also from uh, perspectives external to my own. You know, I, I inhabit more of the health policy space. But policy interacts with so many different things, and I really wanted to be well-versed in that. And I felt like the podcast would give me that opportunity to uh, pull from all these different backgrounds and really incorporate them into my understanding of uh, best practices and then what uh, policymaking could look like. How about you and your end? Okay, what got you into podcasting? (laughs) Um, So for me, why I decided to join was because I was very shy and I just, I love the idea of podcasting. It's always something that I wanted to try out. But when it comes to like speaking or public speaking or just speaking to a group or anything, I was really like really introverted. So I decided, I mean, Ian came and he plugged his podcast so many times during orientation. And I was like, you know what? I think this is a sign. I was like, if I see this guy again, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> and then I saw Ian again and I was like, okay, I'm doing this. <laughs> and then I was like, I remember, yes. Yeah, so I was like, oh yeah, you know, I want to try it. And Ian was like, you know what? Come Wednesday, you know, and I thought I was going to get like a training thing. And he just puts me directly. He's like, okay, record. Yeah, it's your turn. We're going to edit. So I was like, what? <laughs> and then ever since then, every single week, Ian called me back. He was like, you're doing the intro and outro. Okay, come back. I have so." And then I just, I don't know, I loved it. I just got stuck for 
yeah it's been sad I haven't been on as much this semester because of things graduation and stuff but I love it's a busy term yeah yeah Mm -hmm. what have you learned from this podcast and working as a scientific educator about communicating science to people it's a good question too because the podcast as a whole really has taught me to be very versatile in a lot of things and number one is creating questions for folks but not just creating questions but also creating the flow of an interview right coming into it I think that when you're starting out at the podcasting world there's a lot of just kind of reading off the script and it's not really a dynamic conversation that you have with folks and so it's something you develop along the way you know it's trying and error and then also just it's a lot of coordination between folks and knowing how to read the room when you're doing a podcast as a whole but then also the external parts of coordinating with guests and and recognizing what their backgrounds and strengths are and how to elevate those really so people could hear them and that really plays into the the communicating science to people too i mean we've seen that during the pandemic as well there's a lot of um, issues in public health with communication and how do we refine that so we are getting a consistent and clear message across to people about safety, about uh, vaccinations, about paths forward. And so really, um, it's been a wonderful crash course in having all of those skills kind of thrust to the forefront and refined over the time period with the podcast. Right. And to yourself too, okay, you know, what, what do you, when you're looking back at the podcast, what do you think you've pulled away during your two years here? Yeah, I think everything you just said, like I was here heavily nodding. <laughs> and it's also because like, there's a lot of skills, as you said, that we develop over time because every single episode or well, most of our episodes are kind of different because public health is very different. Like it's very encompassing. It's the same thing, but it's that like different subsets and different sections or subcategories. So before you like host an episode, you have to kind of like do your whole background search but on the topic, on the person you're interviewing. So you, you're able to like tailor questions to that specific person. And I think that's, yeah, that's really like, you know, soft skills building and it just makes you fast on your feet. And I know this is what we're going to talk about our favorite episodes, but I just remember like when COVID started and everyone was so fast, like every second we're researching something new. <laughs> so we're not leading our um audience astray we're like oh misinformation disinformation no we don't want that so everybody has to oh god it was so it was fun <laughs> it was exhilarating <laughs> it was fun so yeah I think that's something yeah and the fact that you know no one knows everything like you're not an expert or you're not good at something until you're comfortable searching for information when you lack it and being able to know where you can find that information. So I think that's something the podcast taught me and I got really comfortable with. The next question is, what's been the biggest challenge for you as a communicator? I think that one of the biggest challenges as a communicator really is that active listening piece and you really refine it while you're doing the podcasting over multiple episodes but I know definitely at the start there very much is the um, you're not tuned in I would Mm -hmm. say as much to the person and you're more anticipating when do I ask the next question getting the timing down you've got it exactly Mm -hmm. you're trying to figure out that in the really disrupts the flow of conversation you don't have that authentic interaction you're not present with the person when you're in that you know, when you're in the episode to showcase what they're all about and hear from their perspective, that that inability to have that active listening at first um, can hamper you. 
And, mm. and I definitely felt that too. And luckily, you know, I think I've been able to overcome it. Obviously, it's still an area that I want to work on continually. I think we all do. But I think starting out, that was one of the hardest pieces that I faced was um, the active listening portion. What do you think about that I side of things? So too. Yes, mm-hmm. because and sometimes failure to actually have the whole active listening component kind of looks like you're being dismissive because you're not acknowledging what the participant said or the person you're interviewing said. You're just going to the next thing, kind of like dismissing. Okay, you said that. That was great information, but let's go. <laughs> I think, yeah, it really then helps you to actually listen so you can have a little communication or conversation, I mean, in between before you then move into the next question. Or sometimes what I did, or even when Ian was there, was we kind of reiterate something like, okay, so when you said this, this is what you mean. So kind of like being students that are learning. So if other people from, you know, diverse audiences, we have maybe undergrads listening to, they don't really or people who aren't really into public health, I don't get the terms. So we say it again, and then they get to like explain a little bit further and us to we're learning. So it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, so we're all learning. <laughs> That's, yeah. So what was your favorite episode that you've done? There's a, a really uh, good episode that we had done, I believe it was pre-pandemic, but it was with uh, Rhonda Randall, and it was talking about America's health rankings. And I thought that was one of the most fascinating episodes for me. I'm a, a very big data guy, um, but also just seeing how policies play out and influence things, right? We really look at a lot of um, policy diffusion and see how that really impacts health from a state to state basis to other states learn from other states and how does that play out with their populations. And so really having that centralized ranking that you could look at and see the progression of states over time, I thought was tremendously cool. And I didn't know that that resource was out there. And so for me to reflect on that, going into that health policy analysis space was really critical because then I had a baseline for comparison and saying, here's the areas that we need to focus on. And I I used that in several papers, actually, where I was able to say people in states use ranking to address major public health issues. Mm -hmm. And here's what they've been able to do as a result of it and address these significant health disparities. And so that was, Mm -hmm. that was an incredibly enlightening podcast for me to take part in. Right. See, the podcast is giving people degrees. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Yeah. So for me, I guess one of my, honestly, my favorite episodes, uh, any episode that highlights social determinants of health, health inequity because I know we've had multiple of them and I'm just always like hmm yes that's where it's at and right now that's even what I'm trying to do like really get into the whole health equity monitoring health disparities field of public health because that's just a really really big part of at least where we are right now with public health like public health 3.0 I mean and then the other thing, loved the COVID series, loved the mini series. I was exciting. Loved, I know Ian will want me to say this. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying this for Ian because I know he'll be listening. Loved this uh, episode that I did <laughs> about like during that whole time of last summer about being Black in America or Black students. I loved that one. Ian, this one is for you. <laughs> So yes, I love that one because I think that one, I was very much like the orchestrator. I was everything. I think that was my first 
one I kind of like produced yeah first and last all because that was a lot <laughs> I was like I don't want to be a producer it's okay thank you well be a host <laughs> after that it was a lot but yeah it was good I think that's one of that one is one of my favorite ones obviously too mm-hmm. um and then also the international student one when we were talking about the potential mm-hmm. policy changes there and having the voices of our our colleagues our friends here you know mm-hmm. it was just really um it, it was heartbreaking to hear you know when we were seeing these potential loss of these really talented individuals and then you know fortunately the policy was rescinded yeah. but really you know bringing it home to the issues that affect our students here in the college of public health was really um it was meaningful and i really enjoyed engaging in that opportunity too yeah. i know that you know when we're going through the podcast we always at the end we always ask people what's that one thing that you thought you knew but we're later wrong about. And so now we have that wonderful opportunity for you to answer that. Yeah. Uh, what on your end is one thing that you thought you knew, but we're later wrong about? Myself. I feel like I've given this answer before too. And I keep on saying it because I keep on surprising myself every single time. As you said right now, every single time I'm a different person when you just see me. And I love that because I'm, I am evolving. And it's so beautiful to see because I never knew I had this range, but I can just feel myself not being at my final potential yet. And that's also because of like what pushed me to want to figure out me more was this program. I feel like there's just a lot of obstacles that I kind of downplayed but really, really pushed me to the edge that made me sit down and figure out myself, who I am, what do I want, where do I want to go? So questions like that and all the answers I found for who I am right now, (laughs) never would I have imagined, (laughs) but I love it. So yes, I'm happy with what I'm seeing, but it's a process. So for you, what's one thing you thought you knew, but later realized you were wrong about? That that's hard. It's um, I think it's very similar. I didn't know, I think for myself that I could achieve as much as I have been able to achieve while I've been at the College of Public Health. You know, my my background in education was um, you know, not fully robust until I got to the graduate school. I had done uh, a little bit of work in the the healthcare space beforehand, and I was really convinced that that is the space I wanted to be in. And then I really started to see these patterns emerge upstream that I thought, wow, I really want to solve this, but I don't know how. And really during my time at the College of Public Health and the connections and opportunities that I've had the chance to take part of, they've really helped encourage me to recognize that I do have that skill set, that I, you know, much like yourself, that you're an evolving person, you're an evolving process, and that it's important to challenge yourself in these difficult ways. Obviously we do not want another pandemic to be part of that challenge, but you know, you, you, uh, I forget what it is. The the old saying is, I think it's uh, iron sharpens iron. You know, you really want to be around people who are sharp as attack, who are passionate, who want to go out there and change the world. And that's something that I've been able to fortunately be a part of while I'm here. And I didn't expect that to, be what I experienced coming to the College of Public Health. I didn't have that mindset initially. And I'm just so pleased with how how the experience turned out, all things aside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's one thing I will say to plug the college. And especially if you're a new coming student, 
look for a graduate assistantship. I mean, not only do they have scholarships, but they actually push you to use the information you've learned from class and you will actually apply it to like real life situations and your mind is going to be blown because it's so tough, but you're going to grow so much. You're not going to be the same person you were entering the program leaving. Definitely not. Very mm-hmm. That's a promise. <laughs> So which guest gave you the best answer to that question? I'll go with Ian. Uh, one of my favorite Ian quotes, uh, something along the lines of, you know, we, we spend all day looking at data and we really miss looking at the people who are in that data hmm. and the stories that are in there. And, you know, I think that you see that, you know, right when you start out as a student and you're focused on learning, you know, the foundations, the theory, the data analytics, and that's all well and good. And you think that you're supposed to be going on that route. And it's very important to have that. But really, when it comes into the practice of public health, right, it's about community integration. It's about representing people at levels that need voices there. And really, that's something that I've always held dear is, is that transformation of, you know, yeah. Yes, you do come in and you want to understand how things happen in a textbook. That's really critical, of course. But then recognizing what communities are already doing. I think a lot of people don't see that community-based organizations are doing a lot of what we're talking about in a textbook. It's just a matter of elevating and connecting with those voices and bringing them to the forefront. That's a very important skill that I think you do learn in the course of your public health degree. Yes. Mm -hmm. How about you on your end? What do you think the best answer was to that question? I think the best answer for me is anyone, no offense to every public health people, but is everyone who has answered that question, but did not have to do with the field that they're working in. Because sometimes when I ask that question, I'm hoping to hear a very, very like absurd (laughs) response which I actually have heard some, but I think most times I feel like sometimes because, you know, it's a podcast and it's a very university podcast, everyone is very, okay, you know, this is a topic, let me stay in. I mean, plus your head is already warped around this specific topic. So that's what you'll be thinking about. But sometimes I'm like, it could be anything. Like on the point, I'm like, you could just think of anything and say so sometimes I'm secretly hoping someone else has an even more embarrassing answer to make myself feel better. When you're talking about that too, that very much relates to the next question about thinking about outside the world of public health, right? We get so consumed with talking about it. We yeah. live it at the graduate level. We you know, are embroiled in it now with the pandemic, but outside of the field of public health, what, what's got you interested lately? Right now, I am obsessed with roller skating. Really? I don't know how to skate. I don't know how to. I've tried for like 10 seconds, like my whole life. But right now I've been obsessively watching YouTube videos. I bought my first roller skates and I'm waiting for it to come. I have all the gear ready, like all my protective knee pads, <laughs> elbow pad. I said this summer is a summer that I skate. I skate all summer. <laughs> so yeah, that's my latest obsession. <laughs> what about you? That is, I'm going to take a minute and acknowledge how cool that is. I <laughs> I was watching this the other day. It was a wonderful YouTube video of uh, some folks who were just, it was a disco skate session somewhere in mm-hmm. Brooklyn, I think New York. And it was just, you know, everyone's wearing their mask, they're dancing, partying, they're all doing a skate rink thing. And I was like, that's mm-hmm. just like 
that's fantastic it's just so so much fun that's a fantastic one what's outside the field of public health has interested me lately you know i gotta i gotta go with my kiddo (laughs) that's that's my fallback um he's it's really crazy having a kid during graduate school during a global Mm -hmm. pandemic and figuring out you know just watching a kid grow in front of you um, you know, it's, it's really just a fun journey because you get to see what you fell in love with probably as a kid and you get to show them all over again. I get to be excited about, you know, we're going to go to a farm, we're going to go to a museum and it doesn't even need to be anything complicated, right? Farms are equivalent to zoos in his brain of like, this is exciting. You know, seeing a cow is probably the equivalent of seeing an alligator. Like you're still going to be as excited. So it's nice to have that grounding moment with him throughout the day and just be, you know, totally energized by him. It's it's just fantastic. So I would say I'm totally engrossed in his little learning lifestyle and everything along those lines. It just yeah. makes the day so much more fun. I would also like to plug for our listeners that Steve's son is the youngest <laughs> CPH Masters of Public Health graduate <laughs> in 2021 because he really went through this whole <laughs> master's program with us because yeah he was born when we started he was born when we started he's been on a few zoom meetings too he might have helped with a paper or two so right i gotta give him credit yeah we need to give him his accolades he has to be in the graduation pictures too (laughs) (laughs) and then all of us gushing over him anytime we got the chance (laughs) yeah i i still have that picture of him sitting there in his little seat at the college of public health just surrounded by people around (laughs) yeah see i I feel kind of happy for him that the pandemic started because imagine if the pandemic wasn't there and then we'll just always be asking for him two four seven it might also be good for him too because he can (laughs) he can come to our classes and the teachers would be cool because yes he's our bright star so (laughs) it's been it's been really quite you know a blessing I I always think about it as you know he's young enough where he doesn't recognize that there's a pandemic going around Mm -hmm. that people are having to wear masks that this is a difficult time for folks Mm -hmm. and his focus is on can I climb a staircase you know can I can I slide down a slide and it's nice to have that granular view especially now when things are are difficult and it's it's really nice to see him you know smile and and get excited about the world and it really gives me a lot of hope and, and positivity these days I can't wait for him to see that there are other kids too if he He's hasn't. learning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> the next question. Um, so what's next for you? I, I'm very excited to announce that I, I joined on with uh, MITRE as a health policy analyst. And so they're an organization based in McLean, Virginia. And mm-hmm. our primary focus is on uh, solving problems for a healthier and safer world. And mm-hmm. so I'll primarily be working with them. Uh, specifically on their Center for Medicare and Medicaid side of things. And so it'll be a really exciting opportunity to look more at health policy analysis, and especially with, you know, one with this new administration and the challenges that they are facing, um, but also the challenges of the pandemic and how we've seen health disparities and social determinants of health really come to the forefront and making those part of our transition from this quantity-based healthcare system to more of a quality-based one, one that focuses on the needs of individuals. And so part of that role will be um, looking at health policies and, and what the next steps are forward. And so I'm, I'm really excited to join on. Yeah, that's good. So How about yourself, Oge? Okay. What's up next yeah. for you? 
me, it's just going to be a very spontaneous journey, which is the best thing that like, actually, so what's next for me? I'm moving to, I'm moving down south to Georgia and fingers crossed, I will get a job. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just, you know, job search right now. I, I just like the fact that um, while, when I started my job search, it was kind of like a very open, which was months ago, because I was very like, anything in public health, I would do it, you know, it's fine, I'm going to learn more. But now that I'm done, I'm like health equity. Yeah. No, I don't want that. I mean, I've seen a lot of data analyst analyst things, and I was like, I mean, I do have intermediate skills in SSNR, but I don't see coding statistical analysis in my future. No, <laughs> no, I don't. Um, so yeah, so I'm I'm excited now to do that with a more focused lens because before it was just open, but now I kind of like you know this is really what I want to do. But if I find something that is kind of close to it, I'm going to take it, you know? So it's exciting. I'm excited for what's You're going to rock it. I'm so excited for your next steps. Thank you. I know. I'm going to be a boss. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have anything else you want to say before we go? I think about this a lot. When I was considering public health as an option, I, I, looked back on my experiences going into it and it really was um, something that I hadn't fully considered. I, you know, I had done bits and pieces of public health along my undergraduate career and, and afterwards. And then when I was working with the healthcare space, I really started to see that I could use my skills in major science classes, anatomy, physiology is my background primarily, and my healthcare expertise to really push forward for positive health policy implementation because I could see what happens on the ground level, right? Instead of just reading about it in a textbook, I know what this looks like when you're on an ambulance. I know what this looks like when you're dealing with people out at sea, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was a really powerful reckoning is that we all come from these diverse backgrounds and they all feed into public health. Mm -hmm. And that was really critical. And so I would think that for, for folks who are listening, who are contemplating this field, it's something to dwell on is, you know, what experiences do you bring from your personal life, that lived experience that can make other people's lives better? And public health is definitely that field for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We talk a lot also about like cultural competency, you know, <laughs> being able to understand or acknowledge that people have different experiences, cultures from you and being able to like, you know, accept that or kind of like, be open to kind of seeing things from their own perspectives and things like that so yeah anything else before we go on your end <laughs> um last advices last tidbits <laughs> i just want to say that i am going to miss being a host um this has been one of my pride and joys to be honest i always like oh yeah i'm a host on the podcast and everyone's like oh you are i'm like yes <laughs> Um, I appreciate, I think I appreciate all the love that we've gotten on the podcast. I appreciate all the acknowledgement. Also, I would like to shout out Paul Gilbert for acknowledging me as a host on this podcast for the first time we ever spoke. So Paul, if you're listening to this, um, thank you so much. That really, really made my day. Um, and yes, I... 
I appreciate you guys for always tuning in. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, this is all, kind of sounds emotional for me, but yes. <laughs> I really appreciate you guys. I appreciate the people who are going to take over. There's going to be another podcast for that. So I will not be on that, but yes. <laughs> so show them love just as much as you showed us. Um, we appreciate everything. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's been a wonderful two-year journey, and we're grateful for all of you who tuned in, and, and, and please continue to tune in for our, our next set of director and, and other folks who will be chiming in and making this podcast grow and thrive. So we're excited for their success, too, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Steve, where can people find you? Best way to connect with me is on LinkedIn. That's the fastest way to find me. I'm pretty active on there. And okay, yourself, where can people find you? <laughs> um, I forgot I had a LinkedIn, to be honest. But yes, LinkedIn works. So you can find me on LinkedIn. My name is Oge Chibo. Um, C-H-I-G-B-O is my last name. First name, O-G-E. Yeah, so O-G-E-C-H-I-G-B-O. Or you can find me on Facebook. I am never on Facebook except for <laughs> Facebook Marketplace. But hopefully when I'm searching the marketplace, I will see your message (laughs) and reply. So yes, those are the two places you can find me. That's all we have um, today. So all right, we're out of here. Um, You can find us on Facebook at the University of Iowa College of Public Health. We're on iTunes and Spotify as well as the University of Iowa College of Public Health. Let us know what you thought about this episode and series at cph-gradambassador at uiowa.edu. So that's cph-gradambassador at uiowa.edu. This episode of From the Front Row was hosted by Oge Chibo and Steve Sarnier, and it's produced by Steve Sarnier. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and share our podcast with some people you know. So bye, guys, and for my last, see you next week.